Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Bob Stoffer working from the home office along with Brendan Escott. Digitex wishing you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, just before we bring in Sportsnet's Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, we're going to head off to our Ashley Fine Floors text line for all of seven seconds. Sean says, Bob, Kraken is a great name, and it'll definitely appeal to the young crowd. I like the logo and the colors. Might even buy a jersey, even if it will clash with my new dry saddle jersey. That comes to us from Sean. We bring aboard for Canadian Power Pack on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Longtime NHL executive and now a top analyst for Sportsnet, Brian Burke. Hi, Brian. How you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm good. How are you? Good. What do you think of Kraken? Uh, I, I like the name. I, I've said all along. Um, I, I was mystified how they could do a good logo with a Kraken. So Kraken makes sense. They're by the ocean. It's a mythical sea monster. It's a cross between a squid and an octopus. It's big enough to pull a big sailing ship underwater completely. Uh, it's a cool name. It's a cool concept. I, I just said all along, I don't know how they do a logo. So the logo, to me, is pretty darn good for a Kraken. But if you imagine if they'd been the Orcas, uh, and you, they couldn't because of the Canucks, but you could do an Orca head or they'd been the Cougars. I think you can do a better logo with a different name, but that name is cool, and the sweaters are cool, and the logo's really good considering that it's hard to do a logo for a Kraken. Now, when you went to Vancouver, speaking of sweaters, uh, those awful uh, Vs with the yellow and the red and the black, they were gone by the time you were there, were they not? Yes, we had the, we had the skate. The Canucks logo was turned kind of diagonal. Yeah. We got rid of that, too. But you know what? That, that V-neck sweater, whatever, the Halloween sweater, that's a popular throwback sweater. I know. I know. And I'm getting heck here from our texters. Who knew where there, there were this many uh, Canucks fans? You know what it is? Is They're working in Alberta, but they're from B.C. Because, you know, we our tech system works, Brian, where I can save all the text for five years. So if there's any political diatribe on there, I can usually tell where people are from. Uh, just... <laughs> 
just just it's interesting but there are a lot of the sort of under 45 year old canuck fans that like those jerseys it's because i used to just think they were a joke like i, I was like what a terrible looking you know but i I'll, I'll, i gotta say the kraken thing you know what it's hey we're more open-minded than ever before i actually i'm with you i think it kind of it kind of works they did a pretty but you know there shouldn't really be You know, you should be able to pull us off today because you've got people that are literally experts in this area that you outsource to get them to do this kind of stuff, don't you? It's not like it was back in the 60s when you had literally the general manager or the assistant general manager of the team coming up with the the idea of the concept of the team name and the uh, logo. So when I got to Vancouver in 87... I think it was 89 we changed. Our field color was yellow, and the, and the sweaters were ugly. So we went with a white sweater as our, as our light sweater and a black sweater. And I remember as we were working on these sweaters, we've got prototypes, and we're in the boardroom, and here's Pat Quinn, this big, tough Irishman with a bunch of straight pins in his lip. And it, we're pinning different width of bands on it. So you got the waistband that you want yellow and black. Well... There's two of them, so you got to pin them on. Do you want it an inch wide? Do you want it an inch and a half wide? Do you want it two inches wide? So they've got all, and here's this big Irishman with these straight pins sticking out of his lips. We went through and did it painstakingly, but you're right. Today, you just pay someone to do that. I mean, that's, you know, they're supposed to be experts in those uh, respective areas. Brian, uh, the guy also mentioned in that text, Louis, uh, uh, Leon Dreisaitl. And uh, the NHL Hart Trophy nominees came out a couple days ago. Same as the Lindsay nominees, Drysaddle, Panarin, and Nate McKinnon. Who do you got and why? Well, I, I really, first off, this is amazing to me because I never got to vote on awards, right? When you're a GM, you only get to vote on the Vesna. And now that I'm in the media, I got to vote on all the awards this year. And I spent a lot of time on it. And I'm proud of my ballot. And I told them they can make it public whenever they want. Um you're talking royalty. When you get in the final three for any major award, you're talking elite players that had elite seasons. So there's no disgrace to saying it's this guy or that guy. But the fans in that city, you can't believe the reaction you get when you say, well, I think, and this one I don't think is that close. I think it's Leon Dreisaitl. And I said, I've said the same thing in other marketplaces. It's not like I say that when I'm on with you, Bob. Right. Um, the, dif- the difference for me is, one, he pulled, a, he ran away with everything. Two, when Connor got hurt, he still carried the team. But three, and this one, I can't believe no one notices this, he kills penalties, for God's sake. He does a very important right. role on a team, the top five in the league in penalty killing. And believe it or not, he sometimes plays when they're down two men. He's there. Like, who does that? What other star does that? He's the only one. And uh, the yeah, butt guys out there that want to keep up, boy, he was minus 24. You know, the leather-lunged uh, guys that are going after you because he was minus 24 in December. And I'm like, well, Edmonton had a, had a goaltender with an 828 save percentage in December. That might have played yeah. a factor. And, he, you know, so, yes, Leon would be the first to tell you he needed to play better. But you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't sit there and say, well, plus, minus, plus, minus, plus, minus, and ignore the fact that he's on the number one power play in the league. And by the way, the second highest power play, I believe, in the last 30 years in the NHL. The Oilers had the second highest combined special teams, Brian, in NHL history, dating back to the 77-78 New York Islanders. Second in NHL history, number one power play, number two PK. 
And the forward that is on the ice on five-on-three situations for Edmonton is Leon Dreisettle. And all due respect to Panarin and McKinnon, they don't play in that situation. No, and that's why I that's why I voted for Leon, and that's why you know we we weren't sure what Edmonton was going to do in that draft, so we spent some time on Leon. I remember uh, Brad Trilliving and I took him out for supper, and we did a lot of research on him. He's a great kid, and he deserves this award. And and people can scream in Colorado all they want or wherever else these guys were finalists, but the fact of the matter is, I think there's a real close race. For example between Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. I think it's really close, very very difficult to call. This one, to me, is not that difficult. The one guy kills penalties, one guy plays two men down, one guy's a center versus Panarin being a winger. It's much harder to play center. So to me, this one's not that hard. I think they usually are. I, I agonize over some of the other ones. Brian Burke joining us for Canadian Power Pack. Brian, a long time ago, Peter Zosky, who hosted CBC Morningside, wrote a book about the Oilers in their sort of embryonic stages of development in, I don't know, might have been 80-81 season. I think that was the year. And he talked about osmosis and all the Oilers' young players. and They had a plethora of players who turned out to be a lot better than people thought. And his theory that he was basically hypothesizing was that they were better because they got to practice and play with Wayne Gretzky. And so Mark Messier turned out to be a lot better player than people thought he was going to be. Like he had physical tools. He was fast. He was tough. He was a little bit dirty. But nobody thought he'd turn out to be, you know, one of the 10 highest scoring players in NHL history. Uh, or otherwise, he would have gone a lot higher in his draft year than he did. He was a second round draft choice this year. Glenn Anderson, another guy, right? And I, I just, when it comes to Leon, because I was pretty bullish on him in that draft, I didn't think he'd be the player he is today. Who thinks a guy, you know, he's the only player in the league the last two years to have 100-plus points. But how much do you think he has benefited, not because he doesn't do this on the on his own on the ice, but benefited from practicing and becoming, you know, close friends with Connor McDavid and those guys pushing each other to excel and be better? Well, I think it's... I don't think you can put a value on that. When you have a teammate, I remember when Igor Larionov came to the Canucks. We got better the first practice that he was in. He was making passes that guys weren't ready to receive. And if you weren't looking, if you weren't paying attention, sometimes the pass would actually hit your stick as you were skating. And you'd be like, whoa, he just passed me the puck through three guys. So I think when you have elite players in the mix, it brings the level of competition up, but it brings up the individual skill level. So no question in my mind he's benefited from playing with Connor. No question in my mind Connor's benefited from playing with him. I think the more elite players you have, the more osmosis takes place. Well, and I mean, the Oilers ended up with four Hall of Fame forwards uh, from that team. And I would argue, I know the other day I saw, the, I don't know if it was the Leafs All-Star team or the Leafs Olympic team with Tavares and, and Marner and, uh, Matthews, those guys are all terrific players, but you know, we've had a team here in Edmonton that could roll out the top two lines. I mean, four all, uh, Hall of Fame forwards between two lines. So, we've, you know, we've had a little bit different experience in that regard. Kind of shows you how lucky we are. Maybe we're seeing something uh, similar with that. How much would you read into a scenario? Like, this is a different camp, Brian, than 
you know, you go to a rookie tournament. We used to see in Penticton. So you go to a rookie tournament, so the rookies are there. Well, there's seven guys going back to junior, three guys going to Canadian University Hockey, five guys on AHL deals, uh, and, and then you go from that camp to main training camp, and half the team are AHL guys. This is a very different situation. The Oilers have got 31 uh, players total, 28 skaters. Um, so, you know, 21 legitimate NHL players. How can you get too excited about a kid like Broberg who's come in and he's had moments in the scrimmages where he's been the best player at times on the ice? And, I mean, he made a sequence of plays last week uh, on one goal against Nugent Hopkins and uh, and Chris Russell on another goal against Connor McDavid. Like, it's been pretty impressive stuff. I, I know you're supposed to curb your enthusiasm, but it is it is a closer indication in terms of the actual talent that you're playing against in this shortened camp situation, isn't it, Brian? Yes, it is, but but some caution there. Uh, as as an NHL coach pointed out in the in scrimmages, those guys are all going to have supper together in about 90 minutes. Yep. So it's not like game situations at all. They're, players try to make it like game situations. They mean well, but it's not the same. They've, they've got to be patient with this player, in my view. But, yeah, I think he's got a chance to be a real good player. Uh, but I think he's going to take some more time. So it's so tempting to rush, guys. But defensemen especially, you can't rush them. So enjoy what you see. I think they should send him back and wait on him. Well, he's going to end up going through with a hub with the Oilers, but uh, you know, likely headed back to Shalefti in the fall. Some people have compared him to Noah Hannafin because of his skating ability. Does Noah Hannafin have a higher offensive ceiling, you think, down the road for the Flames? No, I, I think Noah Hannafin is, is what, what you see is what you're going to get from him, which is a lot of good things. He's a, for a guy his size, he skates beautifully, like not just well. Like he's smooth. He's really fun to watch, and he's a good defender. I don't see much more offensive upside coming from him. He's been in the league a few years now. Uh, Broberg, our guys, you know, I haven't seen much of him other than on video. Yep. Uh, but in this draft year, we did all our research, and they said, yeah, there's there's possibility this guy could be a top-two defenseman for sure because they do think he has offensive upside. But everyone just take everyone just take a volume and cool off. I don't think you're going to see him. All right. Who do you like right now in the East, and who do you like in the West, and why? Well, I, I said this on radio yesterday. I said it again today. I look at the four by teams in the West, the Ron Robin teams, and the four by teams in the East. And I don't see anyone beating them. There are teams with potential to upset one of them. Edmonton's one of them. But I look at them and I'm like, okay, so let's pick St. Louis Blues. They had a great season. The goaltender's a year older and he's been spectacular. And they get Tarasenko back. I look at Las Vegas. They have a great team. What do they do? They brought in Cousins. They brought in Martinez. They brought in Leonard. They got better at the deadline. Um, and I see a team that's... I see those teams as all teams that are likely to be the the four teams standing in the conference quarterfinals. Now, potential for upsets, yeah. Edmonton, with with those two big horses, who knows? And their what special about, teams are special. But what about what about I, the East? I, in the East, same thing. Who's going to beat Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay has a great team, and they go out and get Coleman. They go out and get Barkley, Goudreau, and they added a third guy. They had them drawn a blank. They, oh, they added uh, Zach Bogosian. And I look at that and I say, okay, who's going to beat that team? No one could beat them in the regular season. So to me, the last four teams standing right now are the teams that are, are, are playing the round robin. That being said, there it's 2020. 
there's going to be upsets. This year's topsy-turvy. And I like if I'm picking an upset team, ooh, I'm thinking hard about Edmonton. Brian, you spent a lot of time out in Vancouver. We're just going to conclude the uh, interview. Jack McElharty, who was born at Edmonton, passed away at the age of 68. I know he did a variety of different things in the Canucks organization over the years. You just missed him in that Philadelphia farm system. Uh, but he, he was a pretty tough defenseman back in the day, wasn't he? Yeah, scary tough. Um, and like a lot of tough guys, like Louis DeBrus, a lot of those tough guys are just wonderful human beings off the ice. And we are lucky in hockey. Like, we are blessed that the people that work in the game, the players that play in the game, are special people. We have a group that's unlike any other group in pro sports. So if you look at the Kenny Hollands of the world, we're so lucky that we start with a great group of raw material. But even in that group, Jack McElroy was special. Like, he was always positive. You know, like, we're grumpy. We lose a game. We come in sour. He was always upbeat with tremendous asset for a team. Like, we weren't very good my first couple of years in Vancouver. But he, his personal touch, like, he knew everyone who worked for the Canucks. He knew their husband's name or their wife's name, their kids' names. He treated my kids, who were very young in Vancouver. In fact, Brendan and Molly were born there. He treated my kids like his nieces and nephews. Like, even in a group of special people, he was special. Yeah, I remember he had a couple beauty scraps with Nick Fatio and uh, with Tiger Williams in the 75-76 playoffs with the Flyers and the Leafs. Brian, thanks for your time. Thanks, Bob. You bet. For Canadian Power Pack, longtime NHL executive Brian Burke, Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Uh, Brian joined us via the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. We're going to get to the orders now. Injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers when we get back, as well as some text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 123 in Edmonton. Welcome back. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now all season long. And we're back up at Adam here at the James H. Brown Injury Lawyers Injury Report. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Tell you, uh, Trent Brown, when he played safety for the Edmonton football team, uh, there was some collateral damage when he was out there. He could hit hard. Brendan Escott's back in the 630 Chad Studios. Leafs forward Andreas Janssen skated uh, before the team today. He had been rehabbing after knee surgery uh, over in Europe. Bruins defenseman Charlie McAvoy deemed unfit to practice the last two days. Skated today. Habs defenseman Xavier Ouellette confirmed that he did test positive for COVID-19. Then tested neg- negative though when he first arrived at camp. Let's get this straight. So he went negative then a positive test. Was quarantined uh, multiple negative tests since. So now he's wondering whether he ever had it at all or if it was a false negative. Jets defenseman Anthony Batetto did test uh, positive for uh, the coronavirus earlier this summer. That's why he wasn't skating with them until today. And just as uh, something that I dug up here, Elliot mentioned on his 31 Dots podcast that uh, Jonathan Taves was apparently one of two players on the NHLPA's executive board to vote against the return to play plan and the CBA extension, concerned about the uh, health and safety ramifications. So that kind of makes me wonder if there's any correlation between his stance there and him being unfit to practice with the Hawks or maybe there's something pre-existing have we I'm not, not sure. have we not hinted over the last three weeks that there were a couple teams chicago montreal and minnesota that i had heard there have been some significant queries on in terms of you know challenging maybe the desire of many others to get back at them and playing 
we've we've certainly discussed that, Brendan, and that's some some players are full and some players are hungry. Jonathan Taze has won three Stanley Cups, and his team seemingly was out of it. They traded Robin Lehner. They traded Eric Gustafson. Uh, their team, I know David Staples referenced Mike Kelly's work yesterday. I mean, from an analytics perspective, Chicago's amongst the worst defensive teams in the National Hockey League. All that being said, absolutely, this is hockey. Anybody can beat anybody, especially in a short series. So could Chicago beat the Oilers? For sure. But as a rule of thumb, you need to have your top guys engaged and want to play. So if somebody tweets out, hey, hey, FYI, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are engaged, and they're going, and that bodes well, on the backdrop of maybe previously mentioned a couple of weeks before that some other top-end guys weren't that excited. Well, we'll wait and see if that means anything down the road. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase and will continue that standard of service after the sale as well. They're taking care of all the COVID-19 protocols, wiping down the uh, sales floor, all that kind of stuff taking place out of Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. By the way, Wetaskiwin's had very low COVID rates. Uh, let Uncle Milt, Rich, and Johnny, these guys are Oilers fans, so that's why we mention them. they got a couple guys there that are involved in sales from Calgary. Uh, they're Flames fans, but, you know, come on. The show's called Oilers now. So go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Rich Ford. Lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or go online at brentridge.com. Good uh, pickup by you, though, Brendan, on Elliot Friedman's piece off the podcast. He actually listened to the podcast to find that? Because he hasn't written a 31 Thoughts for a while, has he? No, no. Podcast, I'm into podcasts right now with, with very little else to do, my friend. Podcasts oh. and, and American news. So that'll change soon, but, you know, maximizing it while I can. All right. Well, just uh, remember, take from both sides uh, when you watch that American news stuff. Don't, uh, you know. Always. You're, you're, smart. Always. you're smart enough not to. You form your own opinion, right? Of course I do. Uh, Brian Lawton did a great job of explaining that perspective on yesterday's edition of Oilers Now as well, by the way. Uh, again, you can text us at 780-496-0063 or Ashley Fine Flores text line. Uh, uh, speaking of a guy feeling great in certain uniforms, did the Oilers lose in their third jersey? If they did, I missed the game. I, I You know what? I don't know. Hmm. Super excited to see Broberg displaying speed and skill, but holding off on expecting too much for now. That being said, do you agree with Jack Michaels, who said on our podcast that Broberg is definitely not the 10th guy right now, uh, uh, that we could see him play if there's injuries? Well, I think that that was kind of inferred yesterday's secret professor by Ken Holland. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Corey says, oh, here we got a news run. Here we go. We got a news run, Brendan. If you're smart, you'll keep off Fox News. Laugh out loud from Corey. Um, uh, the insanity continues, Bob. Sick, not sick. That is the question. Here's the thought. If you feel sick, well, you probably are. Maybe I'm old school. That one comes to us from KS. Uh, Oilers GM says, Bob, will the Kraken's fan base be called crackheads? 
I, I, I don't know. Uh, JR from Calgary says, Bob, uh, that's fine with me if Taze doesn't want to play. He can take Kane with him as well. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see. And that's the thing. Like, those guys can turn it on at any time. That's what makes them dangerous. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. George LaRock as uh, Truculent Thursdays continue when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.